0: Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is the Buck Sexton Show,
1: Team Buck. Welcome to the Freedom Hut. Freestyle Friday begins now. Thank you very much for joining. Great to have you here. Much, much appreciated to uh, get to hang out with you on this Friday. Whoa, that was loud, sorry. Uh, It's a nice day here in New York City. Weekend will be upon us soon. Yay. Yay. Good things. Good. Yes! As I see now, that's how the cool kids write it. Y-A-A-A-A-S. This is a thing now that's done on the uh, interwebs. So, uh... You know, one of the, every morning, one of the things that I have to consider is what's the monologue today, the opening monologue, sort of sets the tone for the show. Sometimes I feel like I end up uh, getting into either a topic that's my favorite topic or maybe we sort of stumble together into the most potent portion of the show just because it happens organically based on, I don't know, your calls or the news cycle or a tweet or any number of things, right? I mean, this is why it's fun to do a live show because I've got a basic sense in my head of where we're going to go. But, and today's freestyle, which means that I'm just—I've got some things, but I'm going to be making it up as I go along, popping in with a lot of guests and all the rest of it. But what is the the sort of story of the day or the monologue of the day? Really, oftentimes it's more of a thought than it is a story, and it's a thought that's based in some of the stories that we've seen. And yesterday, I, I just wanted to address that whole fake news thing as a follow-up because it's just funny to me that there's this really concerted effort out there right now to make people think that fake news is new and that it's a threat to the integrity of this republic. It's a threat to our elections. Fake news is a scourge. Fake news is dangerous. Uh, But it's really a fake, fake news story. And I talked to you a bit about yesterday how some of the major media outlets that have run with this based their uh, stories on very flimsy information, did essentially very shoddy work, and then kind of just, well, you know, whatever. It's almost as though there are marching orders that come down from the top. Everybody, all hands on deck, fake news, fake news. That's what we're going to be covering. It's kind of funny, isn't it? They're all going to be covering fake news. And I thought to myself yesterday, maybe maybe this is something that bothers me more than other people or... Maybe I'm too focused on it because I just love as a former CIA officer, I'm fascinated by propaganda and uh, information operations, mass messaging, shaping of public perception, because when you see it done in other countries and you actually have a professional understanding of how that sort of thing works and you have a particular insight into both how other countries do that and. I don't know, maybe in the past how America has occasionally here and there dabbled a little bit in perception management abroad. Maybe that's happened. Maybe it hasn't. Who knows? Neither confirmed nor deny. But when you understand propaganda elsewhere, you also can notice it here. You see it here and you see the same tricks, the same skill set, the same tradecraft, to borrow a term of spying, at work. And so it just kind of got stuck in my head, this whole notion of, well, uh, th- this story is very interesting to me because it's a means of creating whatever narrative you want. Right? If there's fake news out there, then anytime the public doesn't go along with you on something, you can blame it on some random Internet story. Anytime the public votes down some referendum that the left that the progressives want, it's because of a fake Internet story. And they've even gone beyond the perception and voting and sort of threat to democracy side of things into the this is an imminent security threat. This is a clear and present danger. Still, a pretty good movie holds up. Clear and present danger to our safety because of this guy, for example, who went into the pizza store. You know, Pizza Gate. Initially, I know a lot of conservatives didn't want to talk, didn't want to cover the Pizza Gate thing because it was just some wacko and who cares? The left loves it. I was just scrolling through last, not scrolling through, but uh, flipping through the channels last night on CNN, and sure enough, you know, big stories on Pizza Gate. Oh, Pizza Gate. But still, I thought to myself, you know, maybe I'm. I don't know, maybe I'm more fixated on this. And I rely on a lot of you with your Facebook messages and your tweets to always sort of guide me with, am I hitting the stuff that all of us should be talking about? Am I hitting the things that matter? You know, sometimes I have things that I get particularly excited or or aggravated or interested in that I know aren't shared by, uh, let's say, a majority of the team or all of the team. And then I wake up this morning and I see that, oh, wait a second, Hillary Clinton's first public speech since she blamed the FBI director for her loss was essentially an effort to blame fake news for her loss slash tell us all that fake news is a scourge that must immediately be addressed by government intervention, no less. Play the clip.
0: The epidemic of malicious fake news and false propaganda that flooded social media over the past year, it's now clear that so-called fake news can have real-world consequences. This isn't about politics or partisanship. Lives are at risk.
1: Lives are at risk. Not just the integrity of our elections, not just the future of our republic. Lives are at risk. You'll notice this, by the way. The moment that it's a question of life or death, what, will you, what, what is not allowable? What are the boundaries of your power? What are the lines you will not cross? Very few. They want government intervention on this issue. They want to find some excuse uh, for having outside uh, government actors influence. And, you know, the way they want to do it, by the way, is by telling the platforms for this sort of thing, mostly Facebook, Twitter, Twitter. I guess now Snapchat which the kids use. My girlfriends on Snapchat and I'm always like I don't understand. What is this Snapchat? She shows me and I'm like I don't I don't get the Oh, look, look I'm going to now have a dog face. I don't want a dog face. I'm I'm trying, you know, no. It's the face that God gave me. I don't want a dog face. And then I see the like the is it like pixie with a little crown and those of you who have experimented a little bit with Snapchat know what I'm talking about. But anyway, um So I, I sit there and, and I look at this stuff and I think to myself, I get it now. They have no, they no longer, because of the internet, they no longer have a monopoly over actual news. But what they're looking for now is control over the curation of news, control over the aggregation and the sharing of news, right? They want to have gatekeepers in place who are taking it upon themselves. And and these are a new kind of gatekeeper, by the way. We already have the Washington Post, the New York Times. They're acting as gatekeepers of news already. That's already happening. What I'm talking about are the social media platforms that we think of as being neutral on these issues, but increasingly they are not. And what's happening right now is the Democrats are essentially publicly hectoring the major social media platforms, which is how a lot of people get their news. For They're, they're trying to convince them that they have to have Really a similar editorial hand that all the other news sites do when really they're supposed to be user and content generated information. But you see, that would be even more powerful. The same way that think tanks that pretend to be nonpartisan but really secretly are, and I'm familiar with quite a few of them. And I've even seen some internal memos from some of them that show that they know that they're playing a game here. But they just are presenting truth as they see it. You know, accurate policy, honest policy. But, of course, they're trying to keep their donors happy and they're pretending that they're nonpartisan so that they can try to influence both sides of the aisle because that way they have more influence. They have more power. But their actual policies are partisan, right? What they're trying to do is partisan, but they say they're a nonpartisan organization. Uh, Facebook and the other social media platforms, because they're considered to be almost like a public utility, like, you know, phone lines or, uh, you know, there's sort of an extension of the neutral Internet. If they, in fact, continue to do what they're already starting to do, which is censor points of view, censor certain pages, censor news, not based on any legal reasoning, just based on what they like or don't like. They are private companies. They can do this. Keep this in mind. This is not a First Amendment issue of law. You could say it's a First Amendment issue in terms of principle. We should have free speech and they should be a part of that. But that's up to them. But the Democrats see an opening here and they're going with it. I mean, Hillary Clinton speaking. It's her first speech. She's speaking about fake news, everybody. I mean, I thought yesterday maybe that wasn't. Maybe I'm taking you uh, a little too far down the rabbit hole of fake news here and getting into it. Nope. Hillary Clinton revives it. Biggest news story of the day. Fake news and how it's a threat to all of us. How it's you know yelling fire in a crowded theater. I would ask you if you have a spare moment, by the way, look up the actual origin of. A fire in a crowded theater. People say this all the time, like they've won the argument. And I always want to point out, oh, so you side with the Supreme Court justice who thought that a socialist handing out pamphlets on the street wasn't actually protected speech? Because the the, the justice that talked that wrote about fire in a crowded theater was that guy. People don't know this. Just like they don't know that Citizens United would have allowed the banning of books. They don't know. They don't know. But fake news is the problem. No, how about just ignorance is the problem? Ignorance and virtue signaling. And pretending that you're smart by going along with what people like Hillary Clinton say. That's really the problem. We'll get into this some more. 888 900 3393. It's Freestyle Friday. I need to hear from some of you because that's the only way I'm going to enjoy my weekend. Yeah, I'm going to go out there and say it. I'm going to go out there and say it. Back in a few.
0: The Buck Sexton Show. Discover more at theblaze.com slash radio. The Blaze Radio Network. dispensing the truth this is buck sexton on the blaze radio network
1: our buddy matt welch has called in now we put out the welch signal which is sort of like the silhouette of a brooklyn hipster with a tendency towards liberty up in the sky and he answered mr welch good to have you
0: Uh, It's so great to be here.
1: Thanks for having me. Reason.com, peace up right now. Hillary Clinton's predictable and awful call for urgent government intervention into the epidemic of fake news. Matt, I am actually flabbergasted. I talked about fake news yesterday just as a follow-up to the Washington Post-Russia propaganda piece, which was based on crap, by the way. And now Hillary Clinton's giving a speech. This is insane. Government intervention?
2: This is the. the
0: same uh, Hillary Clinton, who, you know, will in any given speech talk about the, uh, the gender gap. Women are only getting paid 77 cents on the dollar, which has been debunked by absolutely every single human being who's looked at it with any sense of objectivity. Uh, and needless to say, you know, the fake news about her own email uh, server has dogged her for quite some time. Uh, this is really remarkable, and at the same time it's totally predictable. Uh, even though she never really has gotten too much grief uh, about this, over time, her long career about uh, free speech of all sorts has been like, what would happen if Tipper Gore actually had power? Uh, as opposed to just being more of a gadfly running uh, congressional hearings. Hillary Clinton has supported over her career more than a half a dozen different laws, many of which she wrote uh, or uh, sponsored herself, that were later declared unconstitutional by the Supreme Court on First Amendment grounds. This is what she does. And so yeah, you know, yesterday she says that we have an epidemic of fake news, which let's remember the definition of the word epidemic. Means it's it's spread around really quick in a very specific community, and it's really hard to stop the contagion. That's not what's happening, kids. uh, Also, uh,
1: how could this possibly be considered new? I mean, what what about this is new? First of all, you got Dan Rather. That was fake news. Oh, wait, we got Brian Williams. Play the clip. His son was fired by the Trump transition to for passing on fake news stories via Twitter. But his dad, the retired Army three-star general, has passed on some gems himself. Here are a few. Clinton is involved with child sex trafficking and has secretly waged war on the Catholic Church, as well as charges that the president is a jihadi who laundered money for Muslim terrorists. As we talked about here last night, fake news played a role in this election and continues to find a wide audience. I love it. Played played a role on this election. You could say that a lot of things played a role in a lot of things, right? I mean, this is like some people on the left. You're like, hey, it let's played talk about a the role in
0: Brian Williams's lousy career.
1: Right. I was going to say <laughs> there's no 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 trace of irony here.
0: Holy cow! Uh, and I love the uh, you know as we informed you last night, fake news is really important. This is an incredible thing to watch happen in the. Uh, how long has it been now? It's been a month uh, since this election. It's as if everybody in working in uh, mainstream journalism um, w- uh, set themselves up to answer the question: How did we fail to prevent, or, uh, you know, the bad thing happening? Uh, which is a really weird way of looking at stuff. You know, I mean, I if I was in their shoes more than I am and then I am to some degree you know I, I'm working in the media myself i'm self reflective of the things that i got wrong during this election and the assumptions that i made that aren't true and the biases that I bring to bear, which are many and, 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 and beautiful, uh, obviously, but it's how you, uh, you know, uh, transcend those or inform those or be honest about them. Uh, uh, first of all, that's uh, really important. But instead, they're all sitting looking for someone to blame. And in, in Clinton's speech yesterday, which was at a Harry Reid uh, retirement ceremony, which is incredibly rich, considering that Harry Reid just stone cold made stuff up about Mitt Romney in t- 2012. And
1: to and, and, and crowed about it afterwards. He was like, yeah, that's right, he didn't win. I mean, he said That's stuff he and he knew elected. that if he said he said it on the Senate floor, he's beyond there's a there's a protection against uh, against what is it? Uh, slander. So he knew that he couldn't be sued. He knew that he could get away with saying whatever he wanted. And he, and he did that. But what I find even fascinating is let's just say for a second what Hillary Clinton said in a prepared speech, by the way, is true. And it is – and fake news is a new epidemic, which is a lie. And it's an epidemic period, which is a lie. Uh, What would be done about it? What what would she propose the government uh, do here to stop people from lying about crap on the Internet?
0: Well, she has in the past, uh, right after the San Bernardino uh, terrorist attack, said that government needs to lean on uh, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, uh, which she's leaned on in the past, obviously, uh... in other contexts uh... to uh, shut down to, to deny space to would be jihadis and, and uh... it translated into policy issues if there are people out there celebrating uh... a terrorist attack online then either facebook needs to just shut them down to prevent them from doing that or the government needs to somehow get involved using national security exemptions. And usually it's in the name of national security where the uh, U.S. federal government has the widest latitude to crack down on free speech and restrict it in certain ways. So it would be something along those lines. You would have to be able to come up with a security reason. You know, my God, some nut. I went to Comet Pizza in D.C., so therefore this is a national security question um, to do something about fake news. Uh, It obviously won't go anywhere. Um, uh, Hopefully it won't go anywhere. And uh, more importantly, because we have a a U.S. Supreme Court which has, as I mentioned before, shot down a half a dozen different Hillary Clinton brain farts about uh, about uh, restricting speech over the years, but have, have a really strong First Amendment jurisprudence out there. But yeah, it, 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 functionally speaking, this is nonsense. You, you're not going to make it stop. And as you point out right at the top, for crying out loud, we've been doing this since before the founding. There are there are conspiracy theories going to get spread. Whatever the technology is available to you, whether it's your uncle's forwarded emails, uh, that you respond to immediately, like, dude, would you just check Snopes? Um, all this kind of stuff. We've been doing it. Oral histories. We've been doing it There's stories of like going out in the woods, you know, and uh, and uh, and protecting ourselves against Indian savages. This has been with us since. The- I think look,
1: p- part of the price of a free society is that your annoying uncle has the right to forward you a chain email that you're frightened to open up in the office because you don't know what photos and what stuff is going to pop up and at the bottom it says if you don't pass this along because the you know the country's in danger then uh, to 10 people then we're all going to die that you know what that that is part of the price of living in a free society
0: yes and uh, and let's be honest sometimes it's kind of funny <laughs> it can be amazing of Some 100. of the fake
1: news stuff is great. Is great uh, entertainment value. I have to say, I don't. I don't think people are giving it its
0: due. Uh, you know what? The final episode of South Park this season, which aired this week, uh, they had a, a long a recurring storyline. This, and it comes down at the end. There's uh, different trolls facing off, and one of them uh, says, "Well, my trolling is better than yours because at least it's funny." um and do uh, i need to watch <laughs> south
1: park i've heard a lot of people that i trust tell me that buck i know you don't like cartoons generally but you should watch south park is this do i have the mount welch endorsement years,
0: dude. so like uh if, if, if it hasn't caught your fancies yet then i don't really know what to tell you but uh, wow. uh i, f- yeah, I that, feel that, that, like i just
1: got told i'm not welcome in williamsburg i'm a little sad now
0: you know what i don't live in williamsburg i don't know how many times i have to tell you i'm Carol Gardens. <laughs> The mafia takes care of uh, the people here. They don't uh, take kindly to too many uh, uh, beardy uh, hipster
1: types. Only slightly less beardy hipster than Williamsburg. Carroll Gardens, lovely place, fantastic restaurants. I love uh, Buttermilk Channel and Prime Meats, which I believe are uh, are in your area. Matt yeah, Welch. I'm go there right now. There you go, buddy. Matt Welch, editor-at-large of Reason Magazine. Check out his latest on Reason.com, and obviously follow him at Matt Welch on Twitter. Sir, thank you for coming on. Great to talk to you. Talk soon. Thank you, Buck. Team, we'll be right back.
0: The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: So, team, the latest research from UGov. I don't know how much you trust UGov or not, but says that Americans are divided on the Dakota Access Pipeline, but most back the decision to deny the lake permit. What is going on here? People won't have a fake news. People have no idea what the truth of the Dakota Access Pipeline is. So to make sure that we're all totally set straight on the record and know what's going on, we are joined now by Congressman Kevin Kramer. He's a Republican congressman from North Dakota. He's got a piece up in The Wall Street Journal, What the Dakota Access Pipeline is Really About. Congressman, thank you for joining.
2: Thanks for the opportunity. Pleasure.
1: So we hear this is about protecting Native American heritage. We hear this is about water rights. We hear this is about protecting the environment. All of that is not true.
2: Well, let's start with the environment. First of all, this pipeline would carry somewhere between 470,000 to 570,000 barrels of oil per day from the Bakken of North Dakota to the uh, to the Patoka, Illinois um, hub. Well, all of, that's already happening. That oil is being produced, it's being hauled, but it's being hauled on trains and long-haul trucks, all of which are much more intrusive on the environment than is a pipeline. So it can't be about the environment. So, so
1: let me just um, be clear, Congressman. If yeah. someone's concerned about CO2, preventing the pipeline will, as just a, a matter of the factual reality, send more CO2 into the air? That's exactly right. Right. Okay. So there's that level. No.
2: Let's yeah. talk about water. Sure. So the 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 legitimate question that the Stanley Rock uh Sioux tribe had was the proximity of this pipeline to its water intake uh downstream of the Missouri River. Um you know it's a legitimate question, but it's also been answered, and answered to the to the satisfaction of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, the satisfaction of uh a D.C. Circuit Court judge uh, did, appointed by Barack Obama, satisfied to the satisfaction of a three-court appellate panel in the D.C. Circuit. So, and here's how it's addressed. This pipeline will be horizontal, directionally drilled under the Missouri River, and it will be double lined in... Uh, steel that the uh, route goes from 92 to 115 feet below the surface, <laughs> below the surface of all bedrock um, between between the water, the river itself, and of the pipeline. It'll have the latest in, in technology, so it'll have sensors on both sides that will sense any drop in pressure immediately, and then you know valves that turn off both sides. I mean, so so it's really not about the water. And by the way, the intake. The brand new intake that's being built and paid for by the federal government for the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe will be, and it by, it's to be operational yet this month, is 73 miles downstream of this uh, this pipeline. And by the way, there's a there's a uh, railroad bridge that's about a less than a mile and a half from the new intake that carries Bakken crude across it every day in trains.
1: So theoretically, I mean that railroad bridge. Something trains have problems, just like anything can have problems, but they're they're not all complaining and protesting about the possibility of a pipeline spill from the rail rail bridge. And aren't there also many places where the Missouri already is crossed by pipelines? We had a a security expert on earlier in the week who said that there are over 200 crossings of the Missouri.
2: That's true, and we've counted about 14 uh, just in North Dakota alone that are upstream of the Dakota Access Pipeline. There's one. There's a refinery right on the Missouri River on the Mandan side, Bismarck, Mandan. uh, The Missouri River splits our two cities. On the Mandan side, there's a there's a refinery that carries refined product immediately west uh, across the Missouri River, uh, you know, to markets or immediately immediately east, so it carries mark. Petroleum product, gasoline, diesel fuel, you know, jet fuel, things like that, uh, east into Fargo and Minnesota. So um, th- that already happens uh, in many, many places. The difference is this is going to be the latest, greatest, furthest underground, uh, best uh, technology uh, of any pipeline of, of all these fossil fuel pipelines that already cross the Missouri. We're River. speaking
1: to Representative Kramer. He is a Republican from North Dakota. Uh, Congressman, what are the benefits that this pipeline would bring? To I mean, across this, it's in it's in your home state. What are the benefits this would would have for just if, across the board? Well, what are the good things that would come from the pipeline?
2: Sure. Well, first of all, it go, you know, it goes back to sort of our first discussion about the environment. This is the most environmentally friendly way to move petroleum products is by pipeline. It's also the safest. It's the most secure. But it's also the most efficient. And at a time when when fifty dollars a barrel. You know, is uh, sort of becoming hopefully the new standard, um, but it's been as low as $30 in recent months. The margin for producing and moving this product, which, by the way, it's 13 degrees below zero in Bismarck this morning. We like petroleum products a lot. It keeps us, doesn't just keep us flying and driving and farming, it keeps us warm.
1: I'm never and, complaining um, about New York weather again. Go ahead, Congressman.
2: Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's, yeah, good idea. So, so it's important to get this stuff to market. It's important for it to be profitable. It's important for the jobs that it creates. I mean, but for, the, you know, the, the uh, evol- really the evolution of, of fracking to the point where now it's a, a renaissance, an oil renaissance in our country, the last eight years would have been an even worse economy. It was really energy that has kept this country afloat economically for the last several years. So, um you know, there's all of that. There's the, 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 let's just talk about safety. Trucks on the road. You take these great big trucks, and I'm all for trucking, don't get me wrong, but, um, you, you know, the, the, the traffic deaths and fatalities, uh, accidents and whatnot, uh, all of that is diminished with a pipeline.
1: And in terms of respecting... Native American culture, heritage, and and all the rest of that, because they've been sort of the vanguard of this protest movement. I know there's a lot of non-Native Americans who have showed up in this encampment. The encampment's rather large, by the way, correct? I've seen photos. I haven't been there myself, but my understanding is it's pretty big.
2: It is very big. It's several thousand people at any given time. They come and go, but um, it's. All the, by the way, it's also an illegal encampment. It's on federal land. They're trespassing, but the federal government chose to allow that, and shouldn't be surprised that several, uh, you know, a lot of other illegal activities have stemmed from their enabling. Um, so anyway, uh, so you, it you like,
1: mentioned. Okay, can I can I just push you one thing, sure. uh, Congressman, or, or bring up one thing I should say? There was an improvised explosive device that was detonated on a public bridge. You brought this up in the Wall Street Journal I mean I think people have a very and the American people it's not necessarily anyone's fault because the way this is being covered right. they have a uh, they think this is sort of like Woodstock meets you know Native American rights. You got an IED blowing up on a bridge you've got people that are pretending that this is all about Native American land when it's not even on uh it's right. not even on their land there's a lot of misinformation out there about this.
2: There is, and, and that's uh, and that's often the case when you have one movement that is bent on telling the lie, and the other movement that simply just wants the law to prevail. Um, you, know, you sort of get swamped by social media and things, and that's, that's definitely happened. However, I do think that with more information in the last few weeks, that tide is turning a little bit. I mean, this week, the USA Today actually opined in favor of the pipeline. The Washington Post, just yesterday or the day before, opined as an editorial board in favor. The Wall Street Journal opined this week in favor of it. So I do think that's starting to turn a little bit. Um, Plus, they've just overreached, so you talk about illegal activity, improvised explosive devices is certainly one of those things, but they lit fires on on private land, uh, trampled private land, a lot of livestock has been missing. Uh, they've stampeded bison. There are bison herds out here that you know domestic bison herds that they've stampeded, thrown Molotov cocktails at police officers, harassed police officers' families until they had to move. We have police officers in Bismarck and Mandan whose families have had to leave their house. They have to live somewhere else while this is going on. Um, National Guard members who've been spit on in their homes, uh, in their in their you know, the hallways of their apartment buildings and things like that. It's it's just been awful. Sl- slashing of tires. Um, they they come to town and wash their hair and bathe basically in restaurant um, restrooms, public restrooms. Uh, you know, post. And home addresses of members of Congress on their Facebook pages. I can't imagine what the reason for that would be. So um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty awful. But what
1: do they say, Congressman? I mean, given that now you, you're giving us a much fuller picture of this protest movement and what's going on. You know, I've got a bunch of friends in California who are sort of artist, creative types, and I see their Facebook sure. posts, and they, you know, they're all, oh, we need to stand with the Native Americans, and this is about peaceful protest, and I'm like. You know, you've got a very skewed view. And these are actually people that I know. I have to talk to sure. them about this stuff. I'm I'm going to set them straight, Congressman, I promise. But what do the protesters really want? I mean, if you sat down across the table from them and just said to them, OK, guys, what makes you all go away? What would it be? Just just no pipeline? What do they yeah. say they want?
2: Well, we, there, there are some groups that are just the keep it in the ground crowd, and and they think that somehow by avoiding this last quarter of a mile under the river, they can keep oil in the ground. Well, that's just obviously not true. Some people really are just, you know, idealists. They're ideologues that just. You know, believe in a cause and this is sort of the cause of the day. You have Black Lives Matter out here. But one of the things that's happening, and, and most recently, Wesley Clark Jr. headed up and, and encouraged thousands of veterans to come and stand with Standing Rock. He raised uh, over a million dollars in a GoFundMe page, didn't show up they're all out there freezing their butts off now, and having to be rescued by our first responders, abandoned, and there's and the and having to pay their own way because Wesley Kirk Jr. seems to not be accountable for the million dollars. There's a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of GoFundMe accounts that are taking advantage. Yeah, people uh, are expo- of this people event. are exploiting
1: this for their own purposes. Yep. Obviously, yep. one more for you, Congressman. I'm going to let you go. I know you're busy today. No problem. Um, the Obama administration told the Army Corps of Engineers to stand down. Looks very transparent, very political to me. What say you?
2: Well, first of all, the, the Corps of Engineers issued a 408 permit to go under the river and then withdrew it when the, the Department of Justice specifically um, decided that uh, it wasn't such a great idea. Let's put a hold on it. Um, but in the meantime, it, but it should be known that over 200 other um, Corps of Engineers permits have been issued and the pipeline has been built in those areas. They also had an easement, which is what they also need. They have a draft easement that's been sitting on the desk of the commander for about four months. Um, Ready to go. They've done further consultation. In fact, three weeks ago, on November 14th, to be specific, they sent a letter. They, being the Department of the Army, sent a letter saying that uh, after further review and accounting for information from the tribes and the pipeline companies in September, that it's they've concluded its uh, previous decisions comported with legal requirements. In other words, it's a legal pipeline. You know, uh, so I think. Um, you know, at the end of all of this, at the end of all this, there'll be a, a new administration that will straighten this out. But I think in the end, th- th- this president, uh, he was act- is acquiescing for political you know, reasons to his base, his far-extreme leftist anti-fossil fuel base. By the way, all these protesters fly in on aircraft that use jet fuel, and, or, or they drive in with cars that use fuel. There's a lot of hypocrisy. Um, but... The the, the real tragedy here, in my view, here's the the greater concern I have, if you don't mind, and that is what kind of a signal this sends to all kinds of infrastructure uh, investment in this country, whether it's highways, bridges, uh, wind farms, if you care about that sort of thing. Um, We have I've had investors in water pipelines now that have that have stopped uh, because they can't go to they can't go to the street and get equity because of the uncertainty that, that the rules could be changed. Not. Not be, just prior to the game, not in the middle of the game, but after the game is over, that they can actually withdraw a permit that they've already issued, billions of dollars been spent on, and then say, "Ah, we've changed our minds." That, that's a that's a chilling, chilling message to send to uh, to job creators in this country. So there's a lot at stake here. But hopefully, the new sheriff, uh, Donald Trump, uh, I've had a visit with him about it. I think that uh, I think we're going to see a little different uh, well, a little different attitude as we I, go I forward. Think but, that's a, but I think that's a safe be a bet,
1: Congressman. Yeah. Kevin Kramer is a Republican congressman from North Dakota. He's also got a piece up in the Wall Street Journal you should check out about the Dakota Access Pipeline. Congressman Kramer, great to have you, sir. Really appreciate your time today.
2: Thanks for the opportunity. Always a pleasure.
1: Team 888-900-3393. It's Friday, which means you want to throw an action movie quote my way and see if you can stump me? Bring it to the buck. Be right back. Buck
0: Buck Sexton. Dispensing the truth. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Buck Sexton Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Got some calls up here from Carl in Indiana. What's up, Carl? Shields high.
0: What's up? Can you hear me, Buck?
1: I can indeed, sir.
2: All right. Got an action movie quote.
1: All right. Let's see what we got. I swear I'm not Googling. My hands are up in the air. Go ahead.
0: All right. So you cooked up a story and put the six of us in a meat grinder.
1: What happened to you, Dylan? You used to be someone I could trust. Predator, dude. I'm, oh. I'm, oh, oh, dude, please. Predator, I could do the entire script off the top of my head. I yeah, love it. one exactly. of the one of the five exactly. greatest action movies of all time for me. I mean, you can argue about what oh, you know what's top three. One of the five for me. Predator with Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, uh, Duke is oh, in yeah. there. It's, it's, it's amazing.
0: An all star, all star crew. I don't think that something like that'll. I mean, they tried to do Expendables, but you, you just can't. Not. I mean, Predator, the original is it's it's untouchable. No, if
1: you're if you're looking for pure testosterone fueled action 80s movie, Predator is 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 top of the heap for me. I mean, it's it's as good as it gets. It's also a cool concept that they've did a really good job with it, I thought. Um and there's an interesting behind the scenes if you go on YouTube, they have a behind the scenes of the movie that talks you about sort of the making of it and how intense these actors were about like trying to sort of one up each other because you've got you know, Carl Weathers at sort of the uh, height of his of uh, his career prowess, really Schwarzenegger oh, yeah, at the height no, of his. You got Jesse Ventura before he was like an old crazy nutbag. Um, it's, it's an amazing cast.
0: Absolutely. Th- and you know what? There are some, some other quotes I'd like to drop, but, you know, it is an R-rated movie, so I, I went with, a, you know, kind of a, a softball down the middle. Steve. I appreciate
1: but, that. I also like that Dylan in the movie is like the CIA guy who leads them all astray. And you know, short. Anyway, it's it's just an awesome movie. It's so good. Uh, I, I recommend yeah. it to anybody. If you haven't seen it this weekend, watch it. Download it. Find a way to watch it. Predator, Schwarzenegger, the best. Carl in Indiana, Shield time, man. Great quote. You just cheered me up by bringing up Predator on on uh, on the radio show. Uh, it's such a, such a good movie. There's some. Th- there's also something very pro America about it too. Uh, I can't really even explain it beyond that. It's just it's just pure awesome. It's like one of my favorite movies. We'll talk more about some movies later on in the show. Uh, We're going to get into a little bit of politics with our friend Vince from The Daily Caller next. We've got some random expert guests coming up. It's going to be
0: wild. Stay with me. You're listening to Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network.